Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 467. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Read our stories at slowflowersjournal.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. Please help me welcome today's guest, Olivia Rivas of Papillon. We first met when I was invited to spend a few days touring the Sonoma County local flower scene as a guest of the North Bay Flower Collective in the spring of 2016. That trip yielded a series of Slow Flowers podcast episodes, but I wasn't able to record an interview with Olivia on that trip. On the other hand, I do recall our memorable car ride and great conversation as she shuttled me from one venue to another. Later, when Olivia was in Seattle to attend a workshop with Ariella Shazar, we enjoyed another melding of the floral minds over a delicious meal. I'm very much inspired by Olivia's personal journey, recently featured in my Q&A with her that you can read in the August issue of Florist Review. I'll have a link to the story in today's show notes for episode 467 at deborahprinzing.com. Like many of us, pursuing a life and vocation immersed in flowers became Olivia's second career. I know you'll find her story inspiring as she was determined to educate herself as a designer and to find her own place in the profession. We've been corresponding and chatting quite a bit recently, and I was also interested in Olivia's decision-making process around running a retail business during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I've asked her to share about the choices she's had to make. You'll find lots to which you can relate, as these are topics we are all living out in real time. I'll have photos to share and links to some of the resources that Olivia and I discuss in today's show notes for episode 467, which you can find at deborahprinzing.com. I'll also have links to all of her social places. Let's jump right in and get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so delighted today to introduce longtime member Olivia Rivas of Papillon, and Olivia's based in, her, her business is based in Santa Rosa, California. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Deborah. I wish we were sitting over a lovely meal with a glass of wine in Seattle like last time we were together. <laughs> a little too much wine, I would add. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun night. Uh, but we're here through the magic of Zoom, and uh, I'm just so glad that you uh, agreed to be on the podcast. I've had you on my wish list for a while. Um, we just did a story about Papillon and you in the um, August issue of Florist Review, so I'll share a link to that so people can can see a little bit more uh, of you and your and read your story. But we've got lots more to talk about today, don't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, give us a snapshot of Papillon. And just for those who may not know French, <laughs> just, uh, is Papillon <laughs> French or Spanish or both? Uh, uh, Papillon is French, and I would include myself in that group of people who don't know French. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty name, though. It is pretty. I, I saw it, and uh, I was taking a, a stroll through the gardens, in, um, the Tuileries Gardens in Paris, mm. and they were having this exhibition of butterflies, and um, you know it's so beautiful, and it was in script, and it said Les Papillons, you know, and it had all these uh, like old prints of butterflies and and um, flowers, and I thought that's it, that's what I want, 
that's what I want my flower name to be. And that's that the, the type of flowers, those romantic, yeah. those romantic, flowing, beautiful flowers is what I want to um, bring to the world. So it really, Papiani, I mean, I think it's, it, we're pronounced, I'm, I'm Americanizing it, but Papillon is, uh, it's lovely. Um, it gives you a conversation point too, I'm sure, with customers. Yeah, because they start out with, is this Papillon? <laughs> Or is you named your 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 flower shop after the movie? How interesting! <laughs> or the dog? You know? All right, like, oh, all right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, nope, nope. Uh, well, I know we're in the middle of COVID. It's it's everything's upside down. But in general, if it was 2019 and I said, "Tell me about Papillon," what would you say? Or or February 2020. <laughs> right. Oh, then, yeah. BC, before COVID. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, a million years ago. I would say that um, Papillon is, is my attempt to bring something romantic, irreverent, and beautiful, as well as local mm. into the world. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring a Paris flower shop to... Sonoma County and I had these lofty ideas in my head that people would buy flowers in Sonoma County like they do in in Europe mm. uh, hasn't been the case not even close and mm. um but you know as much as you know as that had happened I, I I feel like people are starting to understand that flowers are a part of their daily ritual can be a part of their daily ritual for for self-care and for for beauty, you know, simple, beautiful, uh, temporary things yeah. that they can do for themselves. Before we go on, I wanted to just ask you: Did you say irreverent or reverent when you were describing irreverent? Your, irreverent. Okay, yeah, because you're kind of you're kind of opinionated and sassy. And I remember being in a car with you; we were having a very lively political conversation. So I thought you said irreverent. Oh, <laughs> yeah, when was that? Oh, when did we just uh, when yeah, I that came, was a million years ago. Yeah, when I That's came right. to see That's you guys right. three or four years ago. Wow. Um, and you discovered how I love to curse. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always we can always like bleep bleep and bleep out any of those, but I, I might be doing it too. So Yeah, uh, well I'll be on my best behavior, I swear. <laughs> um so you said Sonoma County. Santa Rosa is like one of the biggest cities in Sonoma County, right? It, it's the biggest city in Sonoma County. Okay. Um, it's an old city in Sonoma County, but it's not very big. I think it's like maybe, oh, God, someone's going to fact check me on this. Maybe maybe 500,000, maybe okay. maybe a little bit more now. Okay. okay, but it's sort of where, you know, people would go for commerce, shopping, that sort of thing, as well as. Yeah, it's got two big malls, or it used to have two big malls. Mm -hmm. It has, uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's not the tourist destination. Tourist destinations tend to be Sonoma or Hillsburg or um, the winery is part of Sonoma County. Yeah, yeah, the wineries, the Kenwood, the Glen Ellens, things like that. How far are you from like the real hub of the wine industry? Um, real close. Okay. Uh, there's tasting rooms everywhere mm. in S Santa Rosa. And um, you're we're just like, you know, 15 minutes from the nearest winery. Mm. So if someone was coming to wine country for a wedding, they would find you and you it would be that would be your target uh, type of customer. Yes. Yes. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> weddings. <laughs> When weddings used to happen, yeah, yeah, they would see, uh, and that's why I opened the storefront originally. It was to have more of a, more of a base, more of a people knowing that they could come to the store and and check me out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right, I mean, right now, uh, you're you kind of laugh because I I remember the last conversation we had, maybe when we were working on the article, that you had been, and this was pre pre COVID, I think that we talked about. You had kind of been transitioning. Um, to be more of an of a everyday flower uh, kind of go to um, studio re or retail mm -hmm. space rather than putting all your eggs in the wedding and event basket. Is that am I portraying that correctly? Yes. Yeah, I I kind of got burnt out um, by the wedding 
uh, industrial complex mm. and um, had some bridezillas last year. And I just thought, you know, people just don't get it. They're not understanding what I do and what I bring that, you know, I bring a service. I bring my services, a form of art to make their day beautiful, but I'm not a servant. Yeah. (laughs) And it had somehow through the years it had changed, you know, or maybe it was just my bad luck and certain uh, clients just not appreciating um, what I do. And and it's not just me. I, I found that I was talking to my floral friends um, the same thing across the board, like, I know, you know, th- them understanding exactly what I was talking about by, you know, uh, somebody freaking out over mm. a certain color, not mm. being the exact color that they were thinking it was, or, mm. or some flower being included that they never talked about, mm. or something, just something petty, and it, it was just bumming me out. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went more full force into the store thinking, you know, um, now I can really just express myself and not have to worry about se- ruining someone's big day you know? <laughs> or yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the store, yeah, exactly. the store, um, it seemed like you were able to really highlight, uh, your aesthetic, even in like the gift and garden items that you were, you were selecting for your, your merchandise. Uh, I've never been in the store, but I've spent time on your website and I love your quirkiness and um, you don't really want reproductions. You want artisan pieces, you want local um, items and you're kind of, you know, to use that tired word curated, you're definitely choosing what your eye, what appeals to you and your eye. Hmm. And what I would like to buy and what, um, what turns me on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. So I'm my biggest customer. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good for the bottom line there, Olivia. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I try to not give myself too big of a discount. So, <laughs> so um, your, tell me about your space and um, where it's located and how you, like, when did you open that space? Uh, I opened it um, last year in June. Uh, before we were next door, it's just a small pop-up uh, in the front of another another person's studio. And then um, the girls who were at my space moved, decided to move to Hillsburg. And I was able to take over this, this beautiful space, about 900 square feet, gorgeous little picture windows in front, mm. um, an awning. Um, I was able to uh, get um, Nicole Skalski's sister, uh, the artist, um, she goes by Heart and Hand Creative. Mm-hmm. She did this uh, beautiful mural inside of um, monsteras and tropical plants, and we did this funky, um, this funky color scheme of uh, green and pink. <laughs> oh. I told her, I said, I have eighties Miami Vice in my mind, and she <laughs> totally went for it, and it was it's so cool. She totally nailed it. Oh, and, and, and um, you mentioning Nicole Skalski, she owns, uh, is one of the co-owners of California Sister in... Of California Sister, yeah. Is it, uh, is it Petaluma? What town is she in? Uh, she's in Sebastopol. Oh, Sebastopol. At the, yeah, at the Barlow, yeah. Okay. She does great. And she's she's hanging in there retail-wise, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I met you both on the same trip, and I could tell you were kindred spirits, and it's cool that you're both in retail floristry and not competitors and you're you know you've figured out how to put your friendship first and because you're not really in the same market really are you we're we're very different Mm. um uh, I love what Nicole does and I can't do what Nicole does Mm. um uh, her and uh, Catherine their style is um gosh I don't know how to describe it it is it is also romantic but it's in um it's in a different way Mm -hmm. um and she's she's super local uh, in, in her products and her flowers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I'm more quirky. I'm mm-hmm. more funky. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Like I'm more, you know, if we were, we were talking San Francisco, she would be located on Union Square, and I would be located on Haight Street. <laughs> That's a great analogy. It's just so cool that that you brought her up because she's a past guest of the podcast. But um, her sister had had I've seen that that mural that her sister did. Um, well, I guess there was an ongoing chalkboard art or something at uh, 
a California sister. I don't know. Anyway, I knew of this. I knew of this yeah. artist, and and I was Erin. Uh, Erin Hentz is her name. Okay, and I, I should say that. <laughs> yeah, and I love I love your idea of 1980s Miami Vice, uh, kind of tropical, lush, uh, <clears throat> vivid colors. That's that's one of your aesthetics too. Yes, color. Color is definitely one of my things. I'm I'm not really known for being. Um, pale, <laughs> monotone, <laughs> pale, monotone sort of artist. So now, uh, now you're kind of in the midst of COVID and you're, are you, Olivia, are you finding that people want local and, and weekly everyday deliveries? Has that sort of become a big part of, of your services now? You know, deliveries are up, mm-hmm. uh, oddly enough. Um, deliveries have been, my savior right now during all of this shelter in place. I do have flowers available for walk-in for people, but, um, but mostly uh, people from all over the country are calling, asking to send flowers. People are still, um, you know, uh, sending thank you bouquets, Mm. you know, sympathy bouquets are really up right now. And, um, and just, I'm, I'm thinking of you and babies are being born and thing, life is still happening right. and people are still giving flowers. Right, right. And so how do you have your online store set up? Is it by like designer's choice or because, you know, you probably are uh, trying to yeah. wean people off of that idea of like micromanaging you when you're when they place an order? You know, people are people and they're still going to call up and say, you know, I'm from blah, blah, blah. And I really like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I, I, you know, because I'm so limited right now. Um, I'm limited. I'm limited by local and I'm set free by local. Mm. Wait, so, say that again. That's beautiful. I'm limited by local and I'm set free by being local. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and maybe I should just say like, Flowers, flowers-wise, yeah. limited by local flowers. Right, because but you're not been... you're not driving down to San Francisco flower market to buy the global off the floor of, of global choices. Is that what you mean? I I haven't been to San Francisco flower market since February. Goodness. Yeah. So that's that's no. could be perceived as a limitation, but in terms of the freeing part, you're not yeah. you're not making that trek every week at two in the morning or whatever, and you're just buying from your local farms. I'm less inclined to go, you know, 50 miles to get, you know, uh, a, a particular type of lily. I don't know how far San Francisco is, like 30 miles, right? Okay. Like 35 miles or something But like with that. traffic at yeah. all, it can feel like a day, a day trip. At, at 5 a.m., yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Um, so the freeing of local then, has that changed your, your aesthetic at all, Olivia? Or is it just kind of what you would, yeah. your style is the same, but you're just maybe using different ingredients? You know, and, and by that, I meant that um, I get to say to somebody, you know, I'm a local uh, florist. I'm a local seasonal florist. This is what I have in stock right now. And nine times out of 10, they'll say, that sounds beautiful. I trust you just, you know, go for it. One, you know, every now and again, they'll say, actually, I really want red long stem roses. Mm -hmm. And then I can't help them. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not your customer ideally anyway. So. Right. Right. Oh, and I don't have a cooler. Mm. That's the other part. I don't have a cooler in this space. The building is too old. Uh, It can't handle uh, a cooler, can't handle the amps. So um, yeah, that's another thing that frees me up. Does that, how does that manifest itself then? Are you basically buying every day for that day's Mm, deliveries? I buy a couple of times a day. And because I've had to limit my store hours, um, uh, well, there's a couple of things that happen. The flower um, market has come to me. Mm. Um, Point West will deliver to me, Point West Flowers. and I will also get flowers from Sonoma Flower Mart mm-hmm. um, that are waiting for me in their cooler, which is just a 10-minute drive from my shop, Wow! which I'll, I'll put my order in every week from the local farms that, um, that Jessica offers. Mm-hmm. 
and then I get my flowers on Wednesday. And then if I have another big order that comes up for the weekend, then I'll go and get flowers again on Friday. Mm-hmm. You said you get deliveries a couple times a day, but I think you meant every a couple times a week, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> there, I have a couple of local flower farmers that have come to me and said, I have these flowers and, you know, would you want to buy from me? And I'm like, absolutely. Mm. As far as I know, they, it's just they sell to me and maybe one other person, mm. which is fantastic. Mm. So you can kind of make a last minute in the, you know, in the moment kind of decision if they have something that you've not seen before or that, you know, you can incorporate into that day's or that week's orders. You know, the, the people who are, are farming locally in small, small plots, I'm talking not even a half acre. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming up with some beautiful product. Um, Pollen and Fox mm. is one that uh, people should follow. Um, Sierra, uh, her her flowers have been gorgeous. Her dahlias are amazing. She has small batches that she just brings to me, mixed mixed mm. um, mixed bunches mm-hmm. of dahlias or zinnias, and they've been amazing. Mm. I feel like it's like this this thing that I have that nobody else has that. It's just wonderful to That's have. Neat. Wow. Um, so the, you mentioned Point West. They're more of a full-service wholesaler in Santa Rosa. Is that correct? Uh, they're in Roner Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Roner Park. That's in, like the adjacent town, right? Adjacent town, yeah, going uh, south. And so there, if you had uh, maybe needed mo- uh, larger quantities of specific varieties or I don't know. Yeah, basics. if I had to get, you know, if I had to get those those shipped roses in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going more local now, too. Mm. I mean, the great thing that's happening now is the, the steering towards local in every aspect of what's been happening with COVID. If COVID has done anything, people want more local produce. They want more local um, meats, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They want local everything, and it's um, it's you know, it's it's so funny to say something great about what's going on right now, but it is a great thing that's going on mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and you're you're seeing uh, them. You're bringing up other categories. I'm seeing that too. That there's just sort of this consciousness now of oh, supply chain, whatever that means. But um, it, I need to make sure that I have local choices because this global machine may get shut down because of mm-hmm. you know, a, a pandemic. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and this, yeah. and then knowing that you're supporting, you know, a, a business that's of people who are paying taxes in your community and keeping your community fabric, you know, stable is, is sort of a, it's subtle, but it's, it's, I, I find it sort of back of mind that I'm thinking about that too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for people, it's, they know that, um, the flowers have touched the person who cut them and they've touched me. Mm. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) I love it. Well, I know you have an interesting path to flowers. It's not your first career. And can you give us a little bit of your journey uh, from like, when did flowers first hit you on your radar and and how long did it take to make, to, to get to the point where you are, you know, running your own floral business? Oh man, um, it's been. Let's just say it's been a long journey. <laughs> um, I um, I'm in my late forties now. I'm forty eight. I didn't discover flowers um, until about ten years ago. Um, right around the town, uh, right around the time of the um, the Great Recession mm, that we had. Right, right. Yeah, how convenient. That's, that's when I decided to change my life. Um, I was a executive assistant and personal assistant. I had uh, clients. I had about five clients in the Bay Area. And I would go around and do their bookkeeping and do their appointments and do their meetings and, you know, make money for other people, help right. them be more organized and together. And they probably were all yeah. white males. Um, actually I had a, um, a woman who was a lawyer and another woman who was a, uh, a life coach Oh, and I everybody love... else was white male. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. At least you yeah. had some females to work with. Yeah. No. And they were, um, 
Well, um, they were great role models in that I could see their style and um, they really, they just, they took no, they took no bleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, And so they, and they both were very, very different women. Um, So uh, after the recession hit, well, one of them retired. The other one I didn't work for anymore. So by the time the recession hit, I only had about three clients and they were all men. Mm -hmm. And, um, they couldn't afford me Mm. after that, you know, after that happened, I was, you know, making a pretty high hourly and it was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? You know? Because basically you did, you were self-employed as a contractor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So you, no one was going to give you unemployment insurance. No, it was going to, yeah, it was going to be worse than that. I was going to have to, I had a, uh, my child was still in school at that time. Um, I was raising a, a, a teenager mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was really, it was really frightening. Um, but I don't know exactly what it was that it said, you know, why don't you do flowers? Because that'll make you lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was like that. I think it was just, um, I was working, I had gotten a, a an hourly gig and I think I was working as a, um, a receptionist, mm-hmm. you know, is what I could get at the time. And, um, and just started looking, um, searching, uh, this, the internet, um, flower porn was pretty uh, young then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? but a good, es- a good escape, right? It was a wonderful escape. And I started noticing this new style of flowers that, you know, uh, had never hit me before. I'd always, you know, messed with flowers and, you know, and, and, played around with flowers, but I never thought flowers could look so, so, you know, gorgeous, like make your eyes pop out of your head. And that early days, it was, um, um, Sapua and, um, it was, uh, Amy Merrick Mm -hmm. and, um, people like that. And, and I would follow their, uh, God, I don't even know the platform they used to use back then. It was Tumblr or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, we're talking way back, and I would I would see their their posts. Sometimes it was just blogs. Um, They would just I would get an email saying this person has a new blog post. Right, right. (laughs) Go and follow it, and it was it just led me down this rabbit hole of the kind of thing that I wanted to have in my life, which was beauty. There was a, a serenity, there was a beauty and calmness to what they were doing that I wanted, you know, and I and I needed at the time. And um, my options for classes were the JC mm-hmm. or, um, you know, going to a, a local florist and and, you know, just just doing the grunt work. Mm-hmm. Um, I opted for neither. Yeah. I opted to take classes with, um, that I saw that were coming up. And back then it was a class in Woodland at Filoli, mm-hmm. Filoli Gardens. And, and then I just kind of took more workshops as, as people, famous, um, florists would come, famous flower designers would come to Sonoma County or the Bay area. Right. You had access to the yeah. Ariella Shazars of the world and, and yes. cause they would teach a private class or something like that. Yes, yes. They would come in. I would get the money together and and I would just go. And Ariella Shazar is an interesting one because, oh, I just adore her. And um, she's always been like, I mean, she's the Sifu of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of floral design. You know, I always felt like, you know, she's just she's just the master. And um, so but when I took her class um, and this is like 2012 or something like that. Um, the people in the class were, um, honey of a thousand flowers, which is Sarah Winward. Right. <laughs> She's, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Florette, mm-hmm. which is Aaron. Yeah. Aaron was in that class. Um, I think the other woman was Magnolia, white Magnolia. I can't remember. Olivia, was yeah. this at uh, Chalk Hill Winery? Chalk Hill Winery. I was exactly. there. You were there? The day that that, the day that that class was happening, I was shooting a story about Chalk Hill Clematis uh, for Country Gardens magazine, and oh my god! And Ariella had was friends with uh, the woman who owned that 
It wasn't Chalk Hill Winery. I'm sorry. Chalk Hill Clematis. Chalk Hill, yeah, Chalk Hill Clematis. And she, yeah. would, they, she, she got permission to he- teach the class there. And we had all this complicated um, negotiations about how the photo shoot was not going to disrupt the class and the class was not going to disrupt the photo shoot. But I remember <laughs> some of the people you mentioned saying hello to them there. And, of course, Ariella and I knew each other because she had given me a beautiful quote about Max Gill from my book, The 50 Mile oh, K. Yeah, so, yeah. So, wow, I we could have met back then in 2012. Goodness Isn't that gracious. funny? Wow. Isn't that, but, yeah, but I was totally green in that class. I didn't know flower frogs from, you know, anything else. I had just started my started using floral foam and that's all I had known back then and I go to this class and all of these amazing floral designers are in there and I I almost quit <laughs> I almost quit after that workshop because it was kind <laughs> of you got to know people because it was over a couple of days and it was kind of a smallish group right well yeah but they were all staying together mm. they were all from out of town and they were all staying together at the same place so they actually got to know each other I was just going home every oh, night right you know yeah you know, I wasn't spending the money on the hotel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it was just enough for me to barely to get to go to the workshop. You Jeez, know? what a introduction to a different, the type of floristry you were seeking. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like, you know, I just felt like crap. I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? This is crazy. I There's no way. And Ariella was just so sweet. She's like, don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't compare yourself to other people who have been doing it longer and don't discount yourself. And she was just, she was just so gracious. And, and I, I just, you know, I just kept, I just kept at it. Mm. I just did. Mm. That's well, that's a lovely story. And I, those who have taken a course with Ariella know that just her sincere personality and mm-hmm. uh, I love that. Um, so you kind of embarked on your own self-education by choosing who you wanted to study with and uh Mm -hmm. you were drawn to certain aesthetics and not like you said the jc would that be more like the junior college kind of right you know yeah certificate program or whatever the two-year certificate program where you learn learn in foam and you learn you know your your typical 1-800 flowers Mm -hmm. array of flower arranging Mm -hmm. and sourcing is never really taught other than you know, the basics of how to order from a wholesaler. Yeah. Right. Right. So at what point did you uh, kind of walk away from the corporate world and dive into flowers as a, as a business or was there an overlap? Um, I kind of just went headlong into it. I, I, I trying to remember, I'm sure I had a job that I quit (laughs) when I got my first wedding. When it was so insignificant, you don't even remember the job. (laughs) I, I, I think it was the same receptionist job that I was doing. And uh, I had a couple of different part-time jobs at that point. And I, I quit them all. I got my first wedding, um, first wedding deposits, first weddings. I actually got a few weddings because I was doing weddings on the cheap to mm. try to get, mm-hmm. to try to get the volume, to get the, you know, to get my website going, to get the photos of my flowers going. And then I did a, uh, I might've done, I might have done Valentine's Day first that year. And um, my boyfriend at the time, he had this space that I could use. And I, you know, I just started. I just started up. I, and I, you know, I I nearly killed myself. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. No, it was so much. It was so, so much work. There was so much you know, preparing of the flowers and then getting the flowers out on time and then getting all the cards made. And, and then weddings were, uh, were just, I had never worked a wedding before when I started weddings. I never had worked for another florist before. And in hindsight, I wish I had. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You threw yourself into trial by fire. Was was that like 2013 then the following year after you took that class? No, this is like later 2012. I mean, I really just jumped into it. Good for you. And I'd never been so tired in my life. And just, and that time I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't quite 40 yet, but I was, I certainly didn't feel like I was in my 20s. My God, this is this is not just playing with flowers. This is physically demanding. It was physically demanding. It was the most physical manual labor I'd ever done. Mm. And I also 
I was the happiest mm. I had ever been mm. in my life. I love that. Yeah. Wow. So you just kept at it then? I just kept on taking more classes while I was doing work, honing my craft, trying to get to that place that I wanted to be. And, and at the beginning, my my work at the very beginning was very much like my work is now, hmm. the style that I was doing. But I, somewhere in there, I tried to be like Ariella. I hmm. tried to be like Max Gill. I tried to be like Amy Merrick. And I sort of lost myself. You know, I was just not... I was not able to get to that place and everything kind of felt like a disappointment to me. And I wasn't being true to myself, mm-hmm. trying to be like other designers. Um, it wasn't until very recently that I, I just stopped all that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Nope, I'm going back to my beginning of why I wanted to do this in the first place and, and who I am as a person to, you know, to, to stand out from other people, you know? And so I went back to color. I went back to all these different textures and weird things and weirdness, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, and now I'm, I'm, it's so funny. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been again, even in the midst of all this craziness. Mm. Well, I, you didn't use the word imposter syndrome, but I think you were kind of alluring, alluding to it. Like we all, can mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. so, in a way, it's so un- unproductive to devour your Instagram feed, you know, or Pinterest or whatever, and just realize, because you can't help but compare your, what you're seeing to what your, to what your own work mm-hmm. is. And it, it's oh, yeah. so good that you, it's so, I'm so glad that you're talking about this, because what is going to make you stand out is your unique perspective of flowers that no one else has and it's just so subtle and it's hard to put a, a word to it uh but it's- yeah no imposter syndrome I, I yeah I agree it was definitely a part of that and and you know Instagram didn't help mm-hmm. <laughs> right right wow um and here you are like in this you know part of the country where you do have a lot of you can get local flowers year-round and Mm-hmm. You, you, I don't know. I feel like you can have the palette you want. I don't know if I, if that's correct or not, but um, I can have the palette okay. I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you're able to kind of boost boost up that that um, no more blush kind of <laughs> aesthetic, right? <laughs> you know, it feels so good right now to say no. There are no. <laughs> <laughs> there are no cafe au lait dahlias right now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You know, um, we're gonna or, have orange no, and purple and uh, <laughs> <yeah>. and coral. <laughs> and peonies are out of season, and I can't get any peonies right now. So I mean, that just is like, ah, oh, it's so satisfying. It's so good. Uh, well, when you talked about using texture, is that mostly happen with foliages and um, kind of more like? the South African stuff like proteas and, and, uh, leucodendron yeah. kind of thing. There are, um, protea farms in California, mm-hmm. right. Uh, in central California. And, um, so I'm super, I'm the luckiest as far as flowers is concerned. I'm the luckiest person to live where I live. Um, we can get everything, um, pretty close by. If I did have to go any place else, I would go North of me you know, to, to Oregon Mm -hmm. or Washington state, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. Right. So, uh, we talked a little bit about your space that you opened last summer. So when you opened Papillon as a kind of, you were open to walk-in customers as, uh, I'm, I don't, were you like in a busy, uh, pedestrian area or like how, how much of that really was happening? Well, you know, fitting into my personality, I picked the funkiest, (laughs) uh, quirkiest, um, least amount of walk by traffic area. (laughs) (laughs) You picked it for the space rather than the the, the neighborhood. For the the ambiance. And the neighborhood is actually kind of cool. It's a, it's the funky arts district of Santa Rosa. There's a lot of, um, art shows that go on. There are a couple of cool cafes. One cafe, Cafe Frida, uh, is very good. Um, 
and then the Spinster Sisters is right across the street, and they are super cool. And both, you know, Spinster Sisters has Black Lives Matter emblazoned over their front window, mm. and they're just—it's just a cool neighborhood. Mm. But you know, before the walk-by traffic was minimal, and it's you know, and now it's even more minimal. You mm-hmm. know, right? Right. So, so you can't. Count but on I that. am. You can't count it up, but I am allowed to do what I want with my window space. One side of my window, one, one picture window says Black Lives Matter, and mm-hmm. it's huge. Mm-hmm. And the other side says um, it is a series of different colored raised fists with the, with the uh, gay pride flag mm. flying mm-hmm. above it. So no you doubt know. about your, um, your mission as a, as a small business entrepreneur. Like you're going you're gonna to be articulate about your values. Yes, I put it front on my front. I mean, it's all over my Instagram. It's all over um, my store. It's um, if you can't handle this, <laughs> then you can, you know, take your business elsewhere. Yeah, this is, this is what you. I believe. Have Have right. you had pushback from customers? I'm I'm just curious. No, not really. Hmm. I, if I have, nobody has said anything. I mean, where I am in a pretty liberal enclave yeah. where I live. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a safe space for people of color, for the queer community, for um, artists. It's like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of customer you want to attract anyway. It's the kind of employees that I had mm-hmm. um, before before the shutdown when I had employees. Mm-hmm. Um, gay, bi, um, black, white older younger it was it was all of it we ran we ran the gamut with with everybody who worked in our shop and you know Mm -hmm. and I wanted everybody to know like this is you know this is who we are this is what we believe and Olivia you your heritage is is it Mm Mexican-American yeah Mm -hmm. so I mean you you're a lot you're a Latinx uh business owner in in California I mean that's a that's an important role that you're playing just to uh, represent diversity. Yeah, I, you know, I, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, my grandparents um, lived in Sonoma. That's where I was born. Um, they came up to Northern California to pick the fields, hmm. you know, to work in the fields. And uh, my grandmother is buried in Sonoma. And I feel like, you know, uh, that's, I'm so proud of that. You mm. know, I'm so proud of the fact that, you know, my my ancestors have a connection to this land. Mm-hmm. I can't claim to be Native American, <laughs> right, but right. Um, but I feel the connection to the land. I feel the connection to people who who work on the land and right. in the land. Right. So right. Um, I I feel like it's important for for people for all people, but you know. For, I mean, in uh, California, I mean, I remember when Prop 187 in California was passed, and that was Pete Wilson's um, attempt to get um, um, people who were undocumented uh, not, uh, uh, oh, sorry, to not receive to benefits to, or. Yeah, it attempted to get their children out of school, that mm. they couldn't go to school or they couldn't receive um, hospital care. Oh, my goodness. And I and that passed. That passed in California at the time. Jeez. Oh, and I used to be on the calls. Um, I worked for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and I would call people up to try to get them to go out to vote to defeat it. And I got a lot of pushback, and it was so, you know, just, oh, it just rocked me to the core. Mm. And it and it actually formed who I am today, seeing that pass and and overturned, mm-hmm. realizing um, uh, how people don't know their neighbors, how they don't understand their history and the history of this state right. and the history of this country. Right. We're seeing a lot of that now, definitely seeing a lot of that um come to the forefront now that is um it's thrilling for mm-hmm. me yeah it's when was that prop 87 was that like in the 90s that was in the early 90s yeah. yeah and so it was it was ultimately it passed but then it was ultimately overturned in the overturned courts. yeah yeah and the supreme court overturned it yeah wow wow but yeah i mean to it we're kind of in a similar era today where it's so easy to consider 
the other is the problem or is to blame for all your problems. And it's so easy to, you know, have um, opinions that are based on no real experience other than watching cable TV. And, you know, it's just, you're right, more, more than ever, we need to have human to human interaction just to listen <laughs> and and uh you're you know just you're brought that up in terms of like being un un unapologetic for who you are in your community I, it's true i used to not post pictures of of myself i've had people come into my um, studio when i just had a studio not the store not knowing what i looked like and then just just being totally surprised mm. that i was um latina um, I've had people, um, I think that I lost one wedding after I posted that I was at the women's March in mm. Washington, DC, mm. you know, I think mm. I, I lost a client, a wedding client after mm -hmm. that. And I, and I believe that it was directly involved with that. Hmm. And, um, oh, well. so <laughs> yeah, they, they, was, they didn't get your beauty then. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they're getting now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, um, that, that other, mm -hmm that thinking of your fellow Americans as the other, because, you know, they don't fit a certain um, criteria is of, mm. of the way they look or their story mm. or something like that. I, I grew up very poor. I grew up very poor and my mother um, didn't have an education and my parents were really, they weren't really, you know, they weren't great in the whole parenting part, <laughs> right. but you know, I survived and my brothers and sisters survived and, um, I like to help people who are on the margins. I like to help young people. I would like to help more young people who don't believe that they can do flowers because it, it might not be, you know, available to them for whatever reason. Or I'd they, like to or see they more don't of them get into it. Yeah. Or they don't see people who look like them in the floral industry. Right. right? It, which I certainly did not. I, I did not think that, uh, I thought that, I don't know what I thought. I just thought, no way can I do this because um, there's nobody who'll hire me and there's nobody who looks like me. Mm -hmm. And that just, uh, I had to make my own yeah. way. Interestingly, you became a small business owner then so you could at least control that, uh, you know, the business. You weren't working for someone else. Um, but it wasn't that well, it was easy. Yeah. You, well, you know, I did try, I think, a little bit and, and was told that I have to have two years experience and I had to have a, you know, a certificate from the JC. Mm, right. Um, so it was one thing where it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going <laughs> to go that <laughs> route, <laughs> but you know, I, I wish I would have worked for a wedding florist I, or got some experience there, but I'm really happy that I never worked for uh, a retail florist. Right. 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 You didn't have to unlearn some bad training. <laughs> You just, exactly. So we, yeah. before we started recording, you mentioned that, um, you know, one of your goals is to see uh, more inclusion and representation just in the floral space. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about what, what you, what you have seen and what you think needs to change. Well, I guess what I haven't seen are more brown and black faces on the covers of magazines, yeah. you know. Yeah. And their work too. I think, I think there was one um, um, BIOPC person on the cover of Flower magazine last year, and I remember seeing that and jumping for joy, you know, going yeah. like, yes, yes, you know. And and all the years that I've been doing flowers, I'd never seen a black man in Flower magazine be the featured floral designer in Flower hmm. magazine. Hmm. Wow. Uh, that I had seen. Right. I and mean, somebody proved me wrong, but that's what I had seen. Right. Well, I mean, the same, same happened for, with wedding magazines, right? In terms of with wedding magazines. Yeah. And Martha Stewart and One Sweat and all of these publications. Um, you just didn't see um, you didn't see that featured or promoted or even, you know, uh, well, given any acknowledgement. Even, right. Just there was no there was no. There was no representation. And, and I, I just, I don't want to put it out there like it was intentional. I think that they just, just didn't think about it. It just wasn't 
it wasn't a thought process for them well, for those publications. Right, because who are the editorial decision makers? And if they're all um, in the, you know, and I'm speaking for myself too, you know, in the white mindset, um, it's like that's the default. And it now we need to turn it upside down and say, no, the decision makers and the style, the taste makers and the style makers need to reflect every point of view. And that will change the content that we're being spoon fed, I think. And to get there, we need to train more people to, to do this kind of work. I mean, floristry is not cheap when you're getting started in it. Um, floral design is not cheap. I mean, buying flowers is not right. It's not a cheap thing to do, <laughs> you know. I mean, are there ways you can do it on the cheap? Yeah, but then you're just you're starting out in a bad way by buying your flowers at you know, you know, right. um, Trader Joe's and stuff, right. you know, Safeway. Right, right. So you're, and, it and the like, workshops aren't cheap. Right. So things like apprenticeships and internships might be something that others could could. Uh, could offer, yeah. Could offer in their businesses, yeah. Yes. Well, like you said, yes. you, you've often hired young people, and well, so even like when you hire freelancers, you have a pool of people that you can uh, bring in to work with you. Yes, but I tell you, um, none of them are people of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not in my area, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see that changed. I'd like to see um, a variety of people who have a chance to to work in this this field that we enjoy. And, and be surrounded by the beauty that, that, that we enjoy every day. Yeah, I agree with you. Flowers are, the flowers are healing. They healed me. They saved me. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they got, you be, out from, you know, they got you out from behind that receptionist desk, and that, that's a <laughs> positive right there. But beyond that, there is a, a life that I led that um, was very um, – not satisfying mm-hmm. just beyond the job that I did, you know, and flowers allowed me to stop, slow down, listen, take care, pay attention. All those things that I had, had missed mm. in my life growing up. Mm-hmm. Flowers gave that to me. Mm. That's beautiful. Olivia, now you have this sort of COVID environment that you're doing business in. What, before we wrap, wrap up, I want you to kind of share with people what thought process you've had to go through to decide what is what is happy on now and how is that going to be uh, your your business model going forward? I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but maybe just oh, talk a little man. bit about that. This has been the funkiest year <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I've ever experienced in my life. And, you know, I talk, I talk to my mom, you know, and like, mom, what, you know, was the sixties like this? And she said, no, (laughs) (laughs) the sixties weren't like this, you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, The the most uh, anxiety filled time that I've ever experienced. And I decided to close the retail shop Um, with heavy heart. I decided to do that because I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It feels like there is going to be another shutdown in my area because our cases are going up. Mm. They are steadily going up. We're coming into flu season again in the fall. Um, I still, it's just me and my daughter working yeah. at the shop right now because we're in the same bubble and I like to keep it that way so that we stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, um, how are you doing things like uh, contact free pickup and delivery is it do who have that system figured out well i i uh i just i do my deliveries the same as always Mm. but i wear gloves and masks and everything and if i'm doing flowers i wear a mask and i wear gloves while doing flowers oh my goodness just 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 to keep it safe you know just to just to be sure um the store i've cut the store the 900 square feet i've cut it into a third in the front of the store and put the, you know, the plexiglass window over the register and over mm. the front counter mm-hmm. and allow only two people in at a time. And I put a stand of uh, hand sanitizer and gloves out front 
and there's a sign, you know, you have to wear your mask and all of that. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's coronavirus, I, be, I believe, is airborne. And I, every, every time I close the shop, I'm, you know, I spray Lysol. <laughs> <gasps> so and you, I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, you so, know, what is going to happen? Yeah. So you don't really you know? want those customers in your space either. It sounds like it kind of works well, both be, ways. Before I let them in this space, we just had the, you know, the counter in front of the door, blocking the door mm. with the plexiglass. Mm. And that was, I wasn't selling very much because people couldn't see it. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, the, the, the few people that do come in on the weekends, they want to see something, they want to touch it. They want to yeah. look at it. They want to, you know, they want to browse and, you know, um, and I can't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm too freaked out. So online is really your, um, uh, your new, your new store basically. Right. I, I've decided to move everything online. All the antiques that I have that I don't have online, I'm going to move those online. I'm going to have more plants online and, you know, still sell the things that I think people would love to give as gifts, um, soaps, uh, scents, jewelry, um, things like that. The, the, the really beautiful artisans that I carry locally, CBD. Oh my God, the CBD that we carry is just amazing. So Wait, what is that? That's what I, the, the, canna- um, the I cannabis carry, products. Yeah. I carry a line of, uh, CBD, um, salve, um, oh, for okay. muscle aches okay. and for headaches and CBD drops. Oh, this company that I, that I carry is just wonderful. Um, how and, interesting. Yeah, no. I, and, and people, I mean, it's just, people need it. They need this stuff. It helps them take care of themselves. And so can you ship that out of state? I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. Yeah. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but basically <sighs> when you, I mean, you're, I think your website looks pretty robust now. So you've got a lot of products in kind of, um, you know, small gift items, but very much about, they reflect your quirkiness, like those bandanas I bought from you that right, say right. like, <laughs> we can't even say right. online what it says, but I'll take a photo and post it. But it's so cute. You can't say it on your, because uh, most podcasts, they yeah. do curse. It says something so. like, what does it say? Like get shit done or something? It says make cool shit. Take no shit. Oh, that's right. I, I bought I bought one for my entire team. Everybody got one and they love them. So, <laughs> Well, see, and here's the thing. Like uh, now because I'm online, I get to expand more outside like it's so hard to carry things that other stores around me don't carry Mm -hmm. i mean it's just it's practically impossible so i have gone out of the state to get certain things from sure from artisans across the country that i love and who do things the way that i like Mm -hmm. them done like sustainably and less less use of plastic and all of that like the packaging and all yeah. Exactly. Yeah, sustainable packaging, things that can be composted after use. Um we're all about that. Mm. So now that's your whole your whole shift is to run the the Papillon uh hard goods, basically the non-floral part as an online store and then people order their flowers online or by phone and you're able to do local deliveries as you have mm-hmm. as you had been doing anyway. Right. Right. And, but, you know, flowers are going to be forefront of the website and I'm going to, you know, do more of that. I mean, I don't want to spend my day shipping things, mm. you know, mm-hmm. over the poor post office I just, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, right. <laughs> I would rather do flowers. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm, I'm back to basics, back to working, I'll be back to working in my warehouse in Rona Park, which is where I started. Um, it's come full circle. <laughs> oh, so are you going to close the space that you described? The space? I am. Oh, okay. I am. I'm going to let go of that overhead. Yeah. And, I think that's a smart just, decision. Everybody says it, but it's still heartbreaking because everybody loves a local florist. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing nicer for a neighborhood than have a flower shop in your neighborhood, you know, that you can come by and, and everything is beautiful out front. And that was my original dream, you know, with, with, the flower shops in Paris. That's, You'll be back you know, there someday. That's gonna have, yeah, yeah, that's going to have to be put on hold for now. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, will you please 
share some photos that we can um, include in the show notes uh, for today's episode of... I will. Especially that mural that you might have to... I don't know. Can you take that wall with you? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just have her make another one. She's so awesome. Awesome. Erin Hentz, again, Heart and Hand Creative. She made my mural. She's a fantastic artist. I love her to death, too. Oh, good. Soul sister. We'll put a link to... um, to her uh, Instagram as well, because I, it just shows another example of you supporting a local female artist. I love it. Right, right. We're females. We have to support each other. There is, mm. um, yeah. there is nothing better than that. Olivia, I don't know when I'm going to see you, but I feel like this is. I've been enriched by this conversation in so many ways, and I know our listeners will take inspiration because you created your own path, and that's really what I wish for everyone. And, Absolutely. And to know who you are and what your values are and be able to share that through your business platform. Because otherwise, why are we working so hard if we can't change the world through flowers? I I got to say, I love everybody. It's just that uh, if you come and buy stuff from me, you know, uh, if you don't love everybody, you better leave that at home. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> think what you need to think, you know, you, you respect, yeah. but yeah, I come into my shop and you got to love everybody. I love that. Thank you. That's so great. And what, what else do you want to say that I didn't ask you? Cause I'm sure that I forgot something. I want to tell people to just, um, hold on, mm. you know, it's mm. going to be all right. Mm-hmm. We are on the arc of, of light right now. The paradigm is shifting. It's a lot of ugliness right now but it is going to shift to the light and we are on the right track Mm. and vote don't Mm. forget to register to vote Mm -hmm. absolutely i love that i'm with you all the way sister right on all right (laughs) thank you so much olivia and um i i'm just um we will see each other in the future. This this Zoom thing doesn't quite mean the same as uh, being yeah. together, but uh, it was a it was great to have you, and your voice and your perspective on the podcast. And um, I look forward to sharing it with everyone. Deborah, you are a treasure, yeah. and I just love you. Thank you so much. You too, my dear. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today for my conversation with Olivia Rivas of Papillon. When I interviewed Olivia for the Soulflowers Journal article in Florist Review, it was right after Mother's Day. And in our correspondence, she mentioned this. This has been the most insane, extreme and confounding year I've ever encountered in life and in business. The quarantine and shelter-in-place orders have been important and necessary, but it's also been heartbreaking. I had to lay off all of my employees, and we closed the store for half of March and all of April. We had a very strong Mother's Day, and now I've started to come back to life, although with only one employee, me. With the new challenges of social distancing, wearing masks, and trying to maintain no contact, I decided to move everything online. The process of getting everything I sell, soap, jewelry, plants, vases, stationery, and now masks loaded onto my website has been time-consuming and tedious, but I truly believe that this is the world now. A florist can still be unique based on what you offer and how you present it, and I decided that if I'm going to survive this, I have to have a specific curated shopping experience ready. Well, you'll want to follow links to the website store that Olivia has produced for uh, Papillon in Sonoma. It's really eclectic and interesting and inventive, and I've seen products and purchased products that I haven't found elsewhere. So I think it'll give you some ideas of a direction you might want to go. I also ask Olivia for advice for readers who want to adopt the Slow Flowers mission. And she said this, I can't say enough about the importance of using local flowers in our shop. We live in a world where you can buy tulips anytime, but I believe using flowers out of season takes away the specialness. I also encourage people to use less harmful materials when conducting their flower business. It may take a little more time at first, but the results will make you personally healthier and help you do a small part for our future. I urge people to visit the no floral foam page on Instagram for more information and for how-to instructions on mechanics. 
So hopefully that will give you an idea of uh, all the things that Olivia's doing uh, as, as we all try to navigate the new reality for retail and studio floristry. Our next sponsor, thanks, goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Coming up this weekend, beginning on Sunday, August 23rd, and continuing through Wednesday, August 26th, I'll be participating as an instructor in an online conference called Florvana Virtual Summit. Founded by Sean Michael Foley and Gina Thresher, Florvana offers great content for anyone who wants to enhance their floral career. Now through Saturday, August 22nd, you can get a free ticket to attend the live sessions. Click on the link in today's show notes for more details about how you can watch 30 presentations tailored for you and elevate your floral career and business. I'll be presenting on creative vocabulary to enhance your brand, and three other Slow Flowers members are also presenting, including Gina Thresher of From the Ground Up Floral. She has two presentations. Tonnelly Gruder of Salty Acres Farm and Jim Martin of Compost MIT. If you miss out on grabbing a ticket to the live sessions, you can register after the fact for an affordable VIP pass to watch the presentations at your own pace. Again, check out the link and more program details in the episode 467 show notes at deborahprinzing.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 634,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too, and I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. And I just want to mention that Yvonne Ashton, the marketing director at Mayesh, which is a Slow Flower sponsor, is also presenting at the Florvana uh, Virtual Summit. She's going to be presenting on making your website work better for you. It'll be a great session. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. 